Good evening. Can anybody can everybody hear me okay? Good evening. Okay, there we go. Good evening. Real Estate Steve here, Erie, Pennsylvania. Can everybody hear me? This is yeah. Lenny from California. I hear you. Hello. Hello. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, welcome to the call, everybody. Um, my name is Steve Zumigale. I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania, and I'll be hosting tonight's call for Ron Legrand's Gold Club. And in this call, we can talk about anything that you want to talk about and ask questions and provide answers. In addition, there are some property information sheets that um, I've been turned in that we can go over too. So a little bit about myself. Uh, my name is Steve Zumigale. They call me Real Estate Steve. I am from Erie, Pennsylvania. I'm a uh, real estate investor uh, and a licensed real estate agent. Um, we buy about all oh, two to five properties a month here in Erie, Pennsylvania, and then we sell through our broker about 100 to 150 a year. I came in as a real estate investor in 2016 uh, and into Ron's world um, shortly thereafter, end of 16 and 2017. And um, since then, we've scaled up to about 50 properties for a little over $6 million in holdings, um, all with pretty much none of our own credit, no money down, uh, using all the tactics and influence that Ron has taught. Um, so the purpose of this call, we hold this call on the second Monday of every month. Gold Club members can submit deals prior to the call that we'll review right here. If you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen but can't participate. You can get more information and sign up for the Gold Club at www.ronsgoldclub.com. Explain how to ask questions or get in the cave to discuss your deals. This if you're a Gold recorded. Club member, if you do not wish to be recorded, please disconnect at this time. If you're a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question or discuss a deal you submitted, press star six. That's all you guys got to do is press star six to be entered into the K. If you're a Gold Club member and you did not dial in on the interactive line that is listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage after you log in, you should hang up now and dial back in using that phone number and access code if you want to ask any questions. Okay. And who has the first questions? Is there a tonight we have one property information sheet 
Is there a Dennis Veerla on the phone? Can you hear me? This is Dennis Varela. Dennis Varela. Okay. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Awesome. Hey, thanks a lot for turning this in. Yeah, I guess That's I think awesome. I'm a little confused, though, because I thought maybe you guys help out with calling on those, but... I don't think that's the case, if I'm not mistaken, what I just heard. Um, is this your first time being on the call tonight? Uh, it's been a while. Um, I always thought there were some opportunities on some calls that you guys call on property sheets, but I think I probably got that confused with a conference or something else. So, mm. but no big deal. You know, uh, with this technology, I don't believe there's any way to call out with everybody else listening. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah no worries. Um, I guess my question but, um, would be on the property sheet is, uh, so I, you know, I'll make the phone call, but I listed in my notes that um, this person has a free and clear house and uh, they're asking for 339 It just seems kind of up there because I couldn't find any comps that were close to that. They were probably closer to 289 uh, or three 315 maybe at the most. So... Uh, it sounds like the, uh, he, she has a couple of her her sons living in the house, and they got to move out. So I think they're a little motivated. Uh, but I was just trying to ask maybe your opinion on uh, what you thought about right make the phone call. Sure, that's awesome. So thank you very much for the question. That's a great question. And again, the question was that the comparable sales are not coming back within range of the asking price, and you were looking to see if we could discuss that a little bit further then, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So for the group, I'm just going to read the property information sheet back. So just give me about 30 to 60 seconds here. I'm just going to read it so everybody knows what we're talking about. Uh, this is a gated community, and all very nice houses that's near the beach. The pics show the house that's all remodeled. Uh, looks very nice. However, the price seems high. It says they had it appraised and they couldn't really find any good comps close to what they were asking. I found maybe one at 315000 Zillow even estimates it for 289000 a range of 263000 to 302000 And you said the asking price was 3399 correct? Correct. Okay. And then you could rent it for at least 2200 to... 2500 a month. Right. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, those are all great questions. So essentially, the way I would look at this and the way that Ron's World would look at this um, is essentially, do you, know, do you have any idea what the PITI is on it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that I don't know. Cause it, well, no, it says it's free and clear. So it's a free and clear house. Uh, they're you know they're looking to sell, but they did mention on the property sheet, as you could probably see there, that they might discuss or be open to. Uh, okay, so it's free and clear. Uh, yeah, owner finance or something. Okay, let me read the rest of this then to the group. Um, notes from the prop sheet: Seller sounded very nice and accommodating. Her sons are moving out because HOA doesn't allow trailer parking, so that's a hot button right there. Yeah. Um, home has been completely updated you want to ask them you know for a bucket list of things that they did since they bought it 
Uh, Move-in ready, has new LED lighting, bamboo flooring, granite, countertop and kitchen sinks. Roof is pretty new. AC and heating systems are five years old and maintained every six months. Microwave and stove are brand new. Brand new refrigerator, 25 cubic feet. Uh, and the washer and dryer will stay. One bathroom has a jacuzzi tub. Home is on a corner lot. Has watering for lawn through a well. HOA and insurance has been paid up. Seller is willing to discuss the terms with the buyer. Um, then from Zillow, the home's a custom built and beautiful summer breeze. It's restricted subdivision. So with those restrictions, you'd want to find out like what you can and can't do. Um, also, you want to look if they have any like rental restrictions. It's not a big deal if they do because you could just sell the terms on it on seller financing. Now, um, it's only one block to the Gulf of Mexico. That's pretty nice. Nice corner lot with sidewalks. And um, the neighborhood is the best on the beach. Okay, so with this being free and clear, you know, there's basically two parts to this deal. You have a terms component and a price component. So the price of $339.9 is, is at the high end, you're thinking, correct? Right. Okay, and then have you, have you consulted with, like, a local real estate agent to be able to pool comparable sales off the MLS report? Uh, I haven't done that yet. It, this one just came in on Saturday. Um, just got the property sheet. Saw it yesterday, you know, and, and so okay. yeah. Okay. So to me, anything comparable. So okay. So I would get a see what they paid for it, right? Look that up, and then look up the improvements that they made to it. And then you're saying like the top comparable sale that you found, maybe around like. 300 to 315 range? Correct. Okay. So the way I would approach the seller on this is, you know, first tune in on the reasons why they're selling it. You know, it was their idea to want to sell their house. And you have to make them understand that they're going to net more selling to you than any other way that they're going to sell. So, you know, sometimes you have to say that a couple times you know, to the seller in order for that really to register to somebody. You say, you know, this is great news. You're going to net more selling to us than any other way that you're going to sell. And then I see here that you're asking 339900 for the home, and you did a bunch of improvements to it. Is that correct? And, you know, of course, they're going to say yes. And then I would go right into the million-dollar script, you know, Ron's million-dollar script. I would ask, Okay, um, well, you know, do you have any wiggle room on that price at all? And then see what they say. Right. And then whatever number they come back at, hit it one more time with Ron's script. Is that the best that you can do? Right? And then okay. you're going to have, like, a pretty much an outline. Now, it, with this, if you can get a really good terms on that uh, underlying mortgage, like at no interest or even payments or, like, 2% or 3%, uh, I'm just saying, like, really low interest and then get, like, a, you know, a decently low payment on it. Um, it doesn't make a difference if you pay 310 or 340 for it if there's no interest because that interest alone is worth, you know, $22,000 that first year at 6%, right? Even at 5%, it's 8%. Think about it. Um, so 
what I would say is, you know, go back to them and see how flexible they are, and then you want to maybe identify, like, if they have plans for the money. You know, um, another question we use is, it seems like a really nice home. You know, why would you ever want to sell it? seems like you have the ability to generate some proceeds off this. You know, do you have any idea of what you would, you know, spend it, spend it on? Um, you know, and if they answer favorably on this, then, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, then you can come in and, you know, work them a little bit on that monthly payment. I mean, to me, if they're within 10 or 20, Okay. Say that again. That wasn't me. I think there's an uh, uh, open mic outside. So that's kind of what you're giving them for giving you time. Oh, hold on here. Anthony, yeah. <laughs> son. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm doing. Um, okay, if you're not activating. Hey, Dennis, what was the last four digits on your cell phone? Doing two things. Watching well, dirty stuff uh, and listening to uh, Run the Grand. Hold on, yeah, I've got to operate this thing. Yeah. There we go. Um, Dennis, are you there? Ain't nobody on today. Hello? This is a joke. Is De a Dennis. Joke. Crimson. Man. Oh, Dennis, are you there? Mute your microphone. Um, okay. Whoever's calling for Dennis, mute your microphone. Okay. Um, Dennis, does that answer all your questions? I get the feeling Dennis isn't on there. Uh, usually the hosts, there's, there's a way that you can mute everybody, and then they have to push star six to get in the queue. Um, okay, hold on one second. Let me see if I can figure that out. This is my first call, so just bear with me here. Okay. Oh. I have somebody here. Uh, yep. So you know he don't he don't answer his phone always. So that that you have to work with. Um. Is that all right? Would you better? Steve, this is Dennis. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I lost you. I, I got muted. out of the hospital yesterday. Well, but okay, Dennis, what was the last... I'm trying to mute the other callers. What was the last four digits of your phone number? I got a cyst on my body. Uh, my
My last four digits of phone number is nine nine seven. Cutting it out, doing surgery. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Now I got you. Now can you hear me loud and clear? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just had to mute the other call. I got how to do this now. This is my first call. Oh, no problem. My first time using the system too. Okay, I, I see how to do it now. I got to mute the other callers and pick you off mute. So, okay. Um, all right. So back at this thing. Um, we we see these like all the time. This is like your golden goose, you know, a golden unicorn deal. Um, uh, have you have? When's like the last time you talked to this person? Well, I haven't. I haven't talked yet. Like I said, the call just the property sheet just came in yesterday. I got it. So I was gonna call today. I. That's where I got confused. I thought maybe I could hold it for tonight's call to have someone call on it, but I was mistaken. So I'm going to call on it tomorrow morning, the first thing, uh, okay. to talk to this, uh, this uh, person who owns this house. Okay, Man. great. Let me give you some, um, some awesome takeaways here. Now, okay. a way that you're going to get no money down on this is whatever price he agrees to, once you have him down to like the lowest price point that he's going to go. And again, don't you know, once you ask him those two questions, you know, um, wiggle room, is that the best wiggle you can room, do? Yeah. And you get to a price, like, don't push him. And that's it. And you just okay. say, okay, so if we're going we're gonna to pay you a really high price like that, a really good price like that, you know, we usually buy with nothing down, okay? Okay. And then see what he says. Like, after that, don't, don't say anything on the phone. Just let him talk because it's going to, you know, obviously he was the one – that said he's open to terms, that he's open to receive, you know, a monthly payment for it. Um, you know, he, this guy is likely going to be sophisticated and educated, so you're not going to have to, you know, teach him about seller financing or, you know, teach him how the time value of money works. He's likely going to know this stuff. Okay. You know, to own a house free and clear like that, that's the kind of person you're going to deal with. Those are the actually the best ones. A lot of times when we buy with nothing down, uh, we usually get no interest, even payments, sometimes interest at 3%, but with these people that um, have dealt the most with us are educated, understand what taking back a mortgage means. And they know they're not going to have to pay, you know, 5 to 7% in uh, real estate commissions. Uh, they're not going to have to pay, you know, all those costs or wait around to be able to sell their property. So, and if they didn't live there two out of the last five years, they're going to be able to defer the cap gains tax too um, with payments that are offset, you know, coming into them by you. Okay, yeah. So, um, you know, with, when I, whenever we try to pitch the seller, we have a lot of success with, like, finding out how it is that we can help them, what they have plans for the money, um, where they see themselves with the sale of their house. So um, even if this guy wants, like, a little bit of a down payment, you know, say he wants moving money or five grand down or whatever it's going to be, it's not a deal killer. This is a really good house. This is Roger you know. Lakel. Um, so what I would do knowing so that, would do is that is once he is flexible on accepting terms, I would get to the appointment. You'll go to your appointment script and read Ron's appointment script right. and get out there and make an appointment to get to know this guy and build some rapport with him. And that's okay. literally what's going to transform these is the rapport that you build with the seller. And then um, over time, if it's not a yes right then and there, 
the follow-up that you're going to do over time with him likely will convert the majority of these. So um, okay. how do I explain that? The, the, the sale usually comes between like six and eight contacts, as many as 10 to 12, and most people stop following up after two to three, even though they went on an appointment, right? And so if you just don't do that and build rapport with somebody and then um, once they figure out what their li next life step is, they're going to come back around to you, and it's going to be a yes. Okay. So. Do I, real quick, uh, I know in the script, you know, you, you talk about monthly payment, what kind of monthly payment do they want? Do I even bring that up with the free and clear? Or um, I always get confused about that part. Or just let that. So you know that you can rent, I, I would, um, I would, um, if you if you got this guy flexible on terms and he's willing to take a monthly payment for this house, you know you can rent it for probably twenty two hundred to twenty five hundred. You might want to check like Airbnb on this too, with it being that close to the beach. Um, you know, so as long as you're paying out with principal, interest, taxes, and insurance, if he's going to charge you interest, um, and you make a spread that's going to be comfortable for you as an investor to do the deal, you know, that's going to be your payment. So I would just ask him, hey, um, you know, we see that you own a free and clear. Um, do you have any idea what you would want monthly for it? And then off the bat, you should know going into this by looking it up, like what the taxes are, what that HOA and insurance is. You have a general idea what the escrow is going to be. So whatever payment he says, you know, you add that on to it, and you want to be, you know, I would say no more than like 1800 Okay. You know, 1800 to $2,200. I would still, I'd still probably do it. You know, I'd probably go all the way up to like, a little over two grand on it. You might be able to get more than twenty five hundred a month on this too. Yeah, it's very possible. It's a nice house. Okay. Um, and I would just kind of, well, it would be an owner finance, right? And then, uh, because that price is kind of high, and whatever he comes. That tower has been broken into and things going down. Hey, you're back. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, we're getting some static. Here, go ahead. You said the, since the price was kind of high. Yeah, the, yeah, the price, you know, I, okay, so maybe he comes down a little bit, and, um, but I think it's still kind of high, so I don't, I don't know how I would really turn around and try to ask for more, so I guess I'd be really more on the uh, monthly, uh, um, you know, income, I guess, versus Just go ahead and do any, uh, raise any the price a little bit to get. And then, of course, you know, any, anybody coming in to put a down payment on it, but or a lease op or a option to buy type payment, right? Right. So the exit in Ron's world would be, um, you would probably likely receive anywhere between like thirty and fifty thousand down on this. Okay. Now, as a business owner, you you can you know kind of structure it to where you know you get to make that call um, on a three hundred fifteen thousand dollar house. The last one we did was just just like this one. Um, it was I bought it for two hundred sixty five thousand. Sold it for 312000 I bought it with nothing down 
uh, 3% interest in a 30-year amortization. Mm -hmm. um, and then we turned around and I sold it for 30000 down. Oh, okay. And then on the then I sold it for like a premium. I think the spread on that one is like four fifty or five hundred. We're making on that one. Um, the national average on the spread is like right around three hundred bucks. If I looked at all the ones we've done, I'd say it's probably between two fifty and three fifty on average. I can tell you in the more expensive areas, you're going to get larger spreads than that. I think the, you know, but as long as you got to remember, if you're doing three to five of these a month and you're yeah, getting so between eight thirty and nine. Three to Thursday. you know, $500, your residual income is going to grow by two to $3,000 a month. Right. You, okay. you know, you know <laughs> depending on how many you're going to do. So as you can see, if you work this business and, you know, do it for a few short years, you're going to have enough residual income to pretty much live like nobody else really lives because you won't be trading for hours for dollars anymore. Right. Um, Okay. You know. so, so, in your opinion, you think this is probably a pretty good deal? That uh, you know, if I could just get the price down and then work that angle. I'm kind of new at this. So. If he's not going to charge you interest, I'd pay the 340 on it for sure, 100. Okay. percent That interest on that loan, good God, it could be six figures depending on how long he gives you. Yeah. You know, um, you know, if he's even if he's going to charge you two or three percent, five would be my cutoff because you know that's slightly above market right now. All right. So I would try to keep it under five, but you know, if you if you don't mention the word interest when you're on the phone, you just say, hey, you know, a uh, real common way we do it right now is just pay pay you even monthly payments until you're paid off in full. Does that sound good? Yeah. And they'll say yes or no, and if he says yes, okay, great. Do you have any idea what you were looking for every single month? Okay. And let him talk. Let him talk. Yeah. Exactly. And then okay. confirm that HOA, confirm the taxes and confirm the insurance on this, too, right. like with him on the phone, because it could be wrong online. Okay, confirm taxes and interest. HOAs, okay. Yeah. And so with Ron's script, too, in the million-dollar script, when you set the appointment up, don't forget to, to read the appointment script, because in the appointment script, it's going to ask you to ask him things like, are you the only, like how many people are on the deed, right? You have to right. figure out, make sure they're all present at this meeting. Right, exactly. You know, are all decision makers going to be there? Yep. You know, and if they're not, I, I, I would rearrange the time to have all the decision makers there because I always press for the signature when I'm at the house once we figure out that they're going to accept a monthly payment. If, they, if I know they're accepting a monthly payment, I'm, I'm likely in, you know? Okay. And this guy already said he would. Yep. Yeah, I was surprised. This is, this is a nice house. So, okay. Yeah. Um, sounds good. Well, hey, thank you very much. I don't want to hog up all the time for everybody else. So I appreciate your... Uh, well, I think this, this might have been the only property information sheet that Christy Legrand sent over. And there's 40 people on the call. So... Um, why don't we open up the call then and ask if somebody else has like a question? Hey, can, can you all... hear me, Mr. Steve? Yes. Good evening, sir. This is Amit from Indiana. How are you? Awesome. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Thank you for asking. May I ask a question about the Agui House business? Yes. Great. 
what uh, what kind of resources do you recommend to hunt down the property owner? I've been kind of at it for. Oh, a that's an awesome time. question. Awesome question. Um, so again, for the group, the question is: How do we find a seller? How do we find a seller? And um, so we use a website called findtheseller.com. So that is findtheseller.com. And then if you guys are using CRMs, like a lot of the CRMs out there, uh, Dreams, I know the one we use is called Mojo. Um, They have what they call reverse batch lookup to where you can look up the person um, or upload CSV files uh, into the K. And so when you're uploading the CSV files, this is from any list or from any individual that you find, you want to use where they're mailing their tax bills. You can use that one or the property address. Likely your better response is where they're mailing the tax bills. Um, and then those reverse batch lookup programs are going to be able to generate a good generation mm-hmm. levels, usually around 70 to 75% re- return on that list. So Ron recommends findtheseller.com. Excellent. And you said the reverse lookup, is that under the uh, Mojo? Is that the service provider? Um, so our CRM currently, Dreams is Ron's CRM. And so Dreams is great for like warm calling. Um, and the one that we're using currently is just because we adopted a lot of cold calling. And for a monthly subscription inside of Mojo, um, we pay, I think, $40 a month to be able to reverse batch, look somebody up. And I can also upload lists. So these lists and list brokers that you're getting can come in CSV files. And then it's just a matter of like matching the proper fields in to generate the uh, phone numbers and emails. May I bug you and ask you to spell that website for me, please? I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time uh, yes, I'm, understanding the word you're saying. It's findtheseller.com. Okay, and what about that Mojo one? Is that a website as well? That's a CRM. It's um, mojocells.com. You know, Dreams, Ron's Dream System is going to have a component of this too. Okay. Um, And you'll be able to manage contacts inside that Dream System. Um, You just have to find a way to be able to keep track of these leads as you're generating them and be able to, like the biggest here, the biggest takeaway with lead gen is you know, you have to keep your promises of when you're going to call, you know, call them back. And then you have to be able to read your notes from the last time that you talked. So once you reverse batch look up these people, you need to dial in on how they communicate. It's either going to be call, text, or email. So I would suggest hitting them from land, air, and sea, call, text, email, um, in the morning, in the evening, and at lunchtime until you figure out how they can communicate. So, and it's just simple, simple stuff like, hi, I'm interested to purchase your house. Or um, if you got them off a list, you know they have an issue. I would, you know, see how it is that you can help them depending on the list source that you got. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mr. Steve. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, Steve. Yes. Hey, Steve, my name is Hugo, and I'm out here in uh, Denver, Colorado. How are you doing today? Hugo. How are you doing? Awesome. Good. Well, hey, I, I've been flipping houses now for seven years, and just about a couple months ago, um, I came across Ron's uh, system. 
of doing sub twos, owner financing, and all that stuff. So um, I've never really used trust to buy properties, so I'm not sure if this is the right place to ask questions about that. Sure. Oh, yeah, I love trust. Go ahead. Ask. Well, what is your yeah, question? So I think this will be a good question for everybody that's on the call. So I'm a little bit confused of how to set up the trustee and the beneficiary for anonymity. Uh, from what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you set up, you can either bet someone that you know as a trustee or the way and route that I'm trying to go is start an LLC in Wyoming and set that as a trustee. And then um, I'm not sure who you guys recommend to set as the beneficiary to, so either to set up another LLC and set that other LLC as a beneficiary. So that's my question. How to set up the, um, the, um, the trust the right way so everything's done correctly. Okay, perfect. Um, so um, trusts, everybody, if you're on the call, the trusts are the most powerful um, estate planning slash asset protection vehicle that you can have to deed real estate into. And the reason that is is simply because it's one property, one trust, as Ron teaches. And why that's important is because if something happens to one of the properties, it only affects that property. It doesn't go to any of the other ones that you're you know, going to be able to you know, do deals on. So um, you had uh, three or four questions in there, so I'll just I'll answer them in order as what I heard. Um, the first one you had was who should you have as the beneficial interest of your trust? And what I can tell you is you should have an LLC as your beneficial interest initially, and then you could always assign the beneficial interest um, you know, any, pretty much any time that you want, but our beneficial interests are always LLCs. Um, I'll give you one other tip out there. Uh, if you guys have daughters, a lot of you guys have daughters, sons, kids, um, you can make the beneficial interest of that trust, their CESA, Coverdale Education Savings Account, and you could pay for their college education with one house. That is true. Um, now, as far as the trustee goes, a trustee typically should be somebody that's completely uh, separate um, than you know, who the beneficial interest was and who the uh, grantor was, the person that formed the trust. Right. And so you know, um, the reason why that is is because you don't want them to pierce the trust. You don't want them, a judge, to be able to undo it and say that the trust is you, know, you yourself, and I. Per se. Right. Um, Do you recommend now, starting an LLC in Wyoming for anonymity of that trust and trustee? Um, okay, uh, so your question a, was uh, your question was is to start yeah. a and then uh, compound shrimp small. And okay, so let me make sure I keep the mic. Yeah, so my question is um, for anonymity, the whole the whole purpose of the trust is 
I guess for most people is anonymity, right? For asset protection. So the best way to do so from what I've been understanding is to start an LLC in a state that provides anonymity and Wyoming is one of those states. So is that what you do? Is that what you recommend to go ahead and start so an there, LLC um, in Wyoming and do that? Okay, so there are three states that have the ability to have a manager, um, like a somebody, like a third party be a manager, and that's Wyoming, uh, Delaware, and Nevada. Right. Are the three. So I don't. We don't go that far, just because, you know, a lot of times you used to use somebody that you, you, you trust. That's like, um, you know, could be a sister-in-law, a real estate agent, um, somebody that's just, you know, there to. Um, you know, enact whatever the instructions of the trust were. You know, right. so I've seen them but set up all sorts case, of different in ways. The case that you don't have somebody or you don't want to go that route, doing an LLC in one of those three states. And from my understanding, Wyoming is the best. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm convinced that that's the best route for me. So. Uh, you recommend okay. well, here. that, and then doing another LLC, another separate LLC in Wyoming as the beneficiary, or would you recommend a uh, Colorado LLC? Since I am in Colorado as the beneficiary. Okay. Um, so there's a book that you should you should get on this. This is the key okay. takeaway. Everybody should actually write this down. This is one of the best books I've ever read. This, this alone is probably worth this call. Um, this is called. The, it's, this book is written by Garrett Sutton, G A R R E T T S U T T O N Esquire, and this is Rich Dad Poor Dad's um, attorney. And so, since you asked if uh, Wyoming, Delaware, Nevada, there's this firm, and he, he has Sutton Law, and they are the ones that can set all this up for you. Uh, and they also can be, um, you know, um, in charge of that LLC. So the book is called Loopholes of Real Estate. So Loopholes of Real Estate, it's Secrets of Successful Real Estate Investing, and, it, and it's going to go over all this. Um, okay. So depending on your state, the reason why it's challenging for me to answer that is because depending yeah. on your state, like your state may or may not practice LLCs being able to be a trustee. Okay. You want to check on that. Um, okay. And, you know, so there's also in the in trust law, if you have a, a co-trustee, as long as you have a co-trustee that has equal interest as trustee, you can be um, a trustee as well, or you can come on as, as a director of that trust. Okay. Okay. So, you know, depending on the way your state's set up, would be depending on the way that you would control the trustee or the trust with your with, with your trustee. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. My favorite thing about trust is just standalone protection to be able to transfer large amounts of money over time without really anybody knowing where it went, um, and also right. the ability for the other assets not to take the brunt of um, you know a um, malicious individual or a predator-predator, per se. Right, right, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and that's that's the main reason why I want to start using them. I just want to make sure I'm doing it correctly. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll check out that book. And then also, you know, dovetail this one. Go ahead, go ahead, you go. Yeah, I had I had one question about subject twos. I know subject twos are. Um, okay. I guess a little bit. Are you listening different. on my headphones? Uh, but I watched I watched the video oh, you're on, on YouTube, yours. and one of the lawyers that made this video recommended. Um, for substitutes and trust to have the owner of the property deed, deed the property to a trust and him become the trustee of that trust uh, and also resigning or assigning that uh, trustee position to you but not recording that document. Uh, I'm not sure... If you do this or if you've ever done it. Okay, so let me repeat the question back to you. So your question is, if you deed the seller's property and do a trust, you know, um, and then you make them the beneficial interest of their own trust, and then you have them assign their shares into another entity that you control? Not the beneficial interest, but they they, uh, they become the trustee of the trust, and then, and then um, they would assign that trustee position back to you, but you wouldn't record that assignment of position as the trustee until you have to sell the property or whatever you need to do with that property. Does that make sense? <coughs> okay, so you would form a trust and they would stay on as trustee no. of, their own, of their own trust. No. No, no. So I'm, I'm guessing you've never done this, but basically what uh, what this lawyer recommended for protection of the due on sale clause is to have the owner of the property deed that property to a trust and have him be the trustee, but have him assign that position of trustee to you but not record that assignment of trustee until you have to do anything with the property to okay, prevent that, any any issues with the due on sale clause. Are you sure you're not okay? So the way that's kind of like the way we have them set up here in Pennsylvania. Um, what we do okay. is I beat them into a trust, and then I have um, the seller come on as like a beneficiary, right, of their okay. own trust, and like we're, we're trustee. And then I assign the beneficial interest of that trust into an entity that we control, an LLC. So that way I'm in full okay. compliance with the Garden St. Germain Act of 1982. Um, now, with yours, with that attorney that he said that to him, you know, again, I'm not an attorney. This is me telling you I'm not, I don't have a license in law, you know, right. school hard knocks. Um, what I see with that is, like, what's stopping that seller from doing something that you don't want them to do because their life changed, and then you put a tenant buyer in that property and now have no control. Well, well, you would have that assignment of trustee in hand and wouldn't record it until you need to sell the property or until you need to refinance it, but you would essentially have the beneficial interest of the property. They would they would just yeah. be on recorded on county records as the trustee of that trust, but you're the beneficial interest. And right, but if then if something goes on with the property, they're going to get notified. 
So anybody that's going to be recorded on there is going to—they're going to get notified. Um, the 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 mortgage company, you mean? No, the the seller. Like if you list the seller still, when you record, um, it goes uh, deed, deed addendum, affidavit of land trust. So when you record right. those documents in it, it has a you know um, successor trustee. It has you know the trustee language of like stop. There's a trust here. Call this person. So if you're going to list that other person and not you, that person's going to be the brunt of all the information, if any, that comes in, and then he'd have to convey it to you. So okay, you know this is this is how Pennsylvania works. I'm just saying how our state works. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if I'd want. I don't know if I'd want. I just want to be done with the seller when I when I get these. I don't want anything to do with them. Right. I just want to set up the payments. I want the bookkeeper to pay the payments for me. I want to, you know, uh, and then if we have to manage these things once in a while, we have to go back and get the seller to do something. But it's very rare that we talk to him again. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, that's why I really don't like doing deals where like I, I don't have full control. So if I can't get the deed, like I really don't do the deal anymore. Um, you know, I very rarely am going to lease option something. Um, I'm just, I'm just looking for the deed and I'm looking for full control. We do a whole lot of wraparound mortgages. Uh, I do um, a whole lot of subject twos, seller financing, I have a few million in that. Um, yeah, it's, it's like it's there's not like a tell-all source, but they're all unicorns. You know, they're all right. golden unicorns. Right. Okay. Sure. And what's what's the best lead lead source for you? Uh, expired listings for sell by owners. Sure. Sure. Um, so you're, there's not like a tell-all lead source in this business, like a golden source for leads. What's going to happen is you're going to plant seeds over all the lead channels that come across, and you're going to get a deal or two from each source. So I'll just go over all our sources, and you guys should all be writing this down because I'm telling you all the things. That this will work in your area if it works in mine. There's no, no, no different. Right. Um, Facebook ads are huge. You want to put, get a Facebook ad going that says full price for your house or some kind of write-up that says you'll net more selling to us than any other way that you'll sell. We usually pay closing. Something like that, right? And you want to be able to market the general markets with these Facebook ads and put a phone number on the, on the landing page for the lead. And so that, that one, we made, I made 100 grand a couple of years ago off these, about a year and a half ago on them. Um, and another one is um, uh, mailers. Uh, we, we do an inherited properties list. So it's okay. like, you know, it's an inheritance list. There's not that many of them. Or it's, you know, a uh, people that passed away, you know, one of those lists. Now, you can marry list sources. So saying like you have like an absentee owner and you want to marry it with a code violation, you, you can do that too. And then you can reverse batch look these up in a CSV file and then turn them into a dialer or turn them into mailer. Or better yet, you can upload that CSV list into Facebook and create a marketing campaign around it. Right. That that is okay. true too. Um, Craigslist ads love Craigslist ads. We um, have fifty percent of our Craigslist ads point to our website. If you guys want to check out our website when we hang up the call and see how it looks, I would. It's, I consider it to be one of the best in the business. It's uh, www.freedomsky.com. That's freedomsky.com, and you'll see how we run it. Um, so we 
Yep, freedomsky.com. And we draw traffic off um, Facebook, uh, social media. Um, we draw traffic off Craigslist ads, um, videos, you know, word of mouth, um, all to that website. And there's a form on there that they can fill out. Um, there's also a phone number in there that goes to, you know, through Tresta and the Pat Live. So that website is another source. Um, my wife has her car wrapped. It says full price for your house on it. Mm. So on it, you want to have a separate phone number, and this is a writer downer for everybody on this call. You want that phone number to be a vanity phone number. Ours is 313-CASH. So that way when you're speeding around, they can remember it. Now you can right. get those, those vanity phone numbers from, um, oh, here, I'll get you the website. I get them. There's two websites that you can get them on. Let me just see if I can get them on here. So, uh, so just so you you've gotten most of your leads off of ads that say full price for your house instead of we buy oh, yeah, houses all the time houses yep. or any of that. Full price for your house is the best. Full price for your house with caps. The first letter is all caps, and our bandit signs. That's another lead source. Say full price for your house. We have a vanity phone number that says 814-303-CASH. Okay. And then you want to get the tool uh, to do 18 by 12 ones so they don't bend. And then if you're getting on uh, highways, you want to get the big ones, 24 by 18. Okay. And then um, you want to get those from supercheapsigns.com. Supercheapsigns.com. Um there's another one I'll give you. Here's a huge million-dollar tip. Go to signstapler.com, and that's how you're going to get bandit signs 12 feet up off the ground. Signstapler.com. It's 130 bucks. You get like this magic wand. It will change your life. I wish I had that thing when I first started. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll check the, it out. The, van the uh, vanity numbers. I've, do, I've do, tried to create this ad, but have never really gotten any leads off of it. Okay, so you need a picture. Now, now I'm in so Denver, like, in Denver, Colorado, and I post in Denver okay. and all over Colorado. You need to get a picture that has like um, some reputable imagery. Like if you look at our picture on our website, we have a BBB business rating. It's an A plus. Okay. So we is advertise that. that, that and as well? Uh, well, you have to join the BBB. It's $42 a month, and they have to vet you. It takes about 90 days. No, I, I, mean, I mean, I have the BBB certification, but do you include awesome. that on your website? or Absolutely. Under, you should have um, – we had – yep, absolutely. You have to have um, – I had a guy by in, in Fiverr, F-I-V-R-R, to design that logo and put the BBB incorporating in it. Gotcha, okay. And then, I, then you advertise that logo, and then, like, what I usually do as a headliner is, like, um, you know, local family-owned investment company looking to buy, you know, houses, commercial or land, or whatever you're going to put down, whatever your niche is, um, you know, um, feel comfortable, you know, doing business with us from our experience and our large portfolio, something like that. To where it's like credible, because in essence, Craigslist is a very incredible place. You know what I mean? It so all you got to do is bring credibility back in order to uh, streamline the people to click to you. 
you know, per se. Um, so what do you, you what ask you put, a picture on Craigslist? Is it like a, a picture with text or is it a picture of a house? What, what works for you? It's a picture with our, our business logo. The same logo we have on the website I use on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'll try that. The, the, let's see here. Uh, that list source I'll give you guys too. This is another one. Uh, U.S. lead lists. That's where I get the inheritance list from. So that's U.S. lead lists and the vanity numbers. It's been like years since I've ordered them. Um, I'm trying to get you guys the cheapest one. Uh, Is that like a month two of them. deal or a one-time price? One-time price. You're going to buy the number and then port it out to Tresta. So I think I paid like 600 for the ones that are really good and maybe 300 for the other ones. I, mean, I own like three or four of them now, I think. Because even on the buyers, ours is like 303 home. We have a vanity number for the tenant buyers to call. Um, so you transferred those numbers to Chesna? Is that what you said? Tresta. Yeah, Tresta. T-R-E-S-T-A. And that's, oh, then Tresta. they route to oh, okay. Pat Live. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I can't find the source in my email. It's been so long since we did it. Which is Google yeah, vanity like numbers. You're going to get like the top couple of sources that come up, you know, and just buy buy whatever number that you like that's catchy. Awesome. So what other questions? Oh, you want? Um, did I go over the rest of the sources? So yeah. SEO is search engine optimization. If you guys are going to do SEO or like Google AdWords, those are all kind of expensive, but they do work. Um, to be how honest did, with you, you real Facebook ads, Steve. Um, I paid three thousand dollars to a guru to teach me. Um, it was uh, um, university, uh, Agent Leads University. I paid to teach me. It took me about two months to learn. But you should just hire a company. I mean, I, I wouldn't do that again. I would, if I was you, I'd hire a company to do them for you. Okay. Okay, then, cool. Sounds good. Yeah, then the other ones, the biggest takeaway here, I'll, I'll write this down. The biggest takeaway is I, I joined local organizations such as like the Apartment Association, different professional organizations. And like I just go to events and like I just network. So when we go to events, I have business cards. You know, like we buy houses for cash. Business cards with neon ones, and like literally, like I'll work the whole room and make sure everybody gets one. And then we'll go live on Facebook during our flips. Um, you know, just constantly working, working the audience and working the source. You know, go to attorneys that deal a lot in probate. You know, um, get, get to know them. You know, call your real estate agents that deal in foreclosed properties. There's only a handful of them okay. in your cities. They should all know your name. They should all know what you do. You know, you have cash and can close quickly. 70% of the R minus repairs. Everybody should know your formula. You know, the phone just, just rings when you do that stuff. You don't even have to pay for advertising, you know. Right. Do you buy uh, sub twos from wholesalers? You know, there's 
our, our area is only it's smaller, so we don't have like a lot of wholesalers. There's probably maybe two or three. Um, okay. If the formula meets seventy percent of the after repaired value minus repairs, I'll buy from the wholesaler. No, I mean like a subject to. Oh sure, yeah. Ask them what they want for. But again, the numbers have to work. So obviously they can't get like a huge spread on the front if you're only collecting, you know, ten or twenty thousand down. It's not going to work. Right. You know, maybe a three thousand dollar, twenty five hundred referral fee, depending on the house. You know, it depends on your area. Like we're in a cheaper area. Denver's going to be more expensive, obviously, and our bigger cities yeah, are going to be more expensive than our in our area. Okay. Well, sounds good, Steve. Thanks for that info. Oh, hey, no problem. I think we got room for, like, maybe one more question. I've got Hi. a quick one for anybody else. Hi, can you hear yes, me? Yes, go ahead. Hi, Sally. this is Marianne from California. I have a question on the LLC. I don't have one yet, but I don't want that okay. to hold me up in doing a deal. So what if I do a okay. deal with a seller? Uh, let's say it's an owner finance deal, and then I find a buyer, I plug in a buyer, and lease option it to the buyer, uh, and then you know get the attorney and close it in my name. Now, can I change that to an LLC later during the the term that the that the buyer has? Like, let's say the buyer has a three year term. Uh, I wouldn't put your name in harm's way. Well, I don't have an LLC, so if I do a lease option from a seller, then, you know, I have to sign it on the top with my name, but that's my question. When can I change it to an LLC if I don't have an LLC immediately? Sure. Um, The question was, when can you, if you have an agreement with the seller, when can you change the initial name to an LLC? So it depends on the way that you write it, and it depends on what your laws are in your state. So... You know, you want to write at the top of the agreement, if you don't have an LLC, um, you know, whatever name you're doing and or assigns. So and or assigns. And then you want to be able to, um, you know, put this into an LLC or at least, you know, have the proceeds checked depending on the deal type that you're doing, mm-hmm. not be given to your own personal name. Okay. So, so- in essence, you want to have... If you per per Ron's world, you want to have like a utility LLC that owns nothing. That's no, the one you're going to wholesale no. in. I don't. Um, I don't. So they're not that expensive to open. If I don't do wholesales, then I'm just going to be doing the terms. You know. Then. Uh, okay, so that's a, that's a keeper entity. Yep. Okay, a keeper entity. So, so I, again, yeah, a, when can I change it out of my name into an LLC? Okay, so you're saying your question is, once you already have a house that's deeded, and you already own it, and it's in your own name, and you want to put it into an LLC, correct? Yeah, I, let's say I do a lease purchase from a seller. Because um, I know when you do an owner finance, you want to buy it in a land trust, but let's say I lease purchase it from the seller, and I'm going to le- uh, sublease it to a tenant buyer. Now, I don't have an LLC, so I would have to sign the top in my name, and when can I change it into an LLC? Uh, you, could, you can switch out that deed at any point in time as long as you have it. I, just, I wouldn't be inking deals up into your own name just in case something goes wrong. I'd rather not do the deal. 
Right, right. You but know, I'd hate to lose the deal because I don't have an LLC. Right, you know, for the so you're gonna, you can you can form one in like literally weeks. It's not gonna and it's pretty inexpensive. In at least in Pennsylvania, it's quick. So put whatever name down. Go on your. What I would do is go on your government site and then like there's an LLC uh, search button in there. Type in the name that you're thinking of calling it to make sure it's not taken. Mm-hmm. And then just go and apply for that the next day and just write the contract in that LLC and it's likely going to come back before you close anyways. You mean the initial closing, not the cash out closing. Is that what you're talking um, about? To that la- you mean to the that initial- last question again? You mean the initial closing, not the actual three or four years down the road cash out closing. Is that um, what you mean? Yes. Okay. So I can change yes. it. All right. Now, here in California, an LLC is $800. So I was thinking of doing opening one in Nevada or Wyoming. But uh, I don't have a residence there. I mean, I have family in that area. Oh, is that? Thank God. Okay. I would, if you're interested in doing that, that tip that I gave earlier with Garrett Sutton's book, I would call over to Sutton Law and ask them that question. Somebody there will be able to get you the correct answer. You know, and if you actually, I don't think you have. um, That's Sutton Law. It's... Garrett Sutton, Esquire. That's um, oh, Robert Kiyosaki. He's one of the attorneys. Oh, okay. They'll they'll actually answer my question without charging me a fee. Well, you, if you call in and talk to the receptionist, can just be nice. You know, tell them you're, you got a referral. You're thinking about doing business with them. You hold. You heard that they've set up, um, you know, LLCs. Okay. And um, you said a couple questions about that. Okay. You know? I've also heard of registered agents that you can pay them and if they have an office in Nevada or Wyoming and they'll set up. That's what that is. Oh, that's what that is. Oh, yep. okay. That's that, that's that's exactly what that is. So that's why they're going to want to answer your question because I think they make like a thousand or twelve hundred bucks or whatever it is. I, I can't quote their fees. I'm just saying what I think yeah. it would cost, probably between yeah. 800 and 1200 um, yeah. But they probably get, like, a ton of you calling in, you know, yeah. to where they're going to want you to call in. It's easy work for them, you know, and it's just. Okay. Okay. So, again, I just want to make sure I understand. So I can change, take it out of my name into an LLC. Um, let's just say I close at my initial closing. I don't get the LLC yet, okay? Now, Okay. You know, a month, two, or three, or four, once the tenant is in the property, I can still change it out of my name into an LLC. Is this a lease or a deed? Pardon? Is this a lease or a deed? It would be a lease, a lease purchase from the seller. And then lease okay, so you're leasing a property from the seller in your own name. Your yeah. question is, if I lease a property from the seller in my own name, can I change it to an LLC after the tenant buyer is already in the property? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. That's my so anything can be done, but let me just go over how it is that you would do that. I'm going to show you how much work it is. You would have to go back to the seller and rewrite the agreement with him 
or doing some kind of a name change, and then you'd have to go back to the tenant buyer to be to do the same thing to do a name change or in essentially essentially do a whole new agreement, right? Now, when you do that in a court of law, it's going to put you in the chain of action, or if it was a deed, it would be in the chain of title, right? If it was since it's a lease, you're in the chain of lease. So you're still putting your name into, into, into harm's way if you're going to do something like that. All right, I get it now. So you know, even if you take it off at a later date, because the, you think, think about it, if it's in, the, in front of a judge, judge would be like, okay, she took it out of her name, but it was there. Was it there at the time um, the event that you're getting sued over happened? Oh, got it. Okay. Does Thank that make you. sense? Does, yeah. does that help you a little bit? Yeah, now I get it. Yeah, I, I would not do that if I was you. I would just tell the seller, hey, it's going to be two weeks before I'm closing. Um, our attorneys are working on, you know, getting all this together for you. You know, everybody appreciates your patience in advance, and we're going to get you taken care of just right away. Okay, got it. All right, thank you. You're, what is your name again? It's Steve. I heard uh, my name's Steve Zumigale. They call me Real Estate Steve. Okay, um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry for all this noise on the phone today, guys. I just don't know how to work this thing, and it's my first call. Um, cool. Is that everybody? Yeah, go ahead. I have a, uh, when you're doing your uh, talk about the signs, you're going kind of flip. You said you could get signs from supercheapsigns.com, and then you said yeah. something else about $130. Yep. That is called signstapler.com. It's going to be a, it's a, it, it'll change, that, that'll change your life. You'll be able to put up like 30 signs, 40 signs a night. Okay, and they print them for you? Yeah, uh, sign stapler is a tool. It's a wand. A magical wand that gets them way up the poles and gets them to places that you and I both know you're not supposed to put them. And I didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> all right, how about we all know vanity numbers? Go where to the vanity number? Yes, the vanity numbers. Um, they go. Our our signs are red, and they have a white perimeter. So they look like a stop sign, even though they're rectangular. And the uh, um, letters and numbers are white. And ours say capitals, full price for your house. And the vanity numbers, uh, ours is the prefix and then cash. What's your favorite price? Okay, but where do you get Oh, can you repeat that one more time? Where do we get the vanity numbers? Where do we get the vanity numbers? Um, here, I was trying to get that other source for you guys. I know one is Number Barn. Repeat, please. Number, number Barn. Digan, you said hi. Number Barn, B-A-R-N. Yep, Number Barn. Uh, or just Google vanity numbers, and you're going to get tons of sources on there. Okay. Yeah, but Number course. Barn's pretty cheap. I, I bought a couple off Number Barn. Okay. Thank you very much. Come over here, buddy. Awesome. Thank you.
Okay. I have a question. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Brian from Colorado. Brian from Colorado, what is happening? Oh, <laughs> uh, doing all right. Um, so I have a real quick question for you. Um, I had a buyer call me uh, probably a month ago now, and so he had a whole bunch of money that he wanted to buy a house. And I don't have a house to sell him right now. Um, how would I handle doing that if I was to call a seller um, to find out if they would do, be do, willing to do terms? You're talking about positioning a buyer that already has money to a seller. Right. Okay. And then um, do you know what that buyer that has money is looking for, like his scope of house? Um, I've got most of the basics for him. And uh, like I said, he's he told me he wants to buy something in the next month or so. So That's awesome. Do you have any idea how much money down he has? Uh, at least 20000 Okay. Well, um, 20000 and then what, what's your median price point where you're from? Uh, usually right around 200000 Okay, so he only has 10% down then. So that's... Right. It's challenging because he he's not going to cherry pick a house with 10% down. Yeah. Um, so what I can tell you is, like, you, you can do your best to find the, the scope of house that he's looking for, but, like, at the end of the day, like, these, it, it's hard to marry somebody like that if he doesn't have a lot of money into something that it and custom tailor a pick for him, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you had more money down, obviously that changes things, especially if you can get over 20% down is when it really starts to change things in the terms world because then it's enough for you to, like, do something to the seller, profit a little bit on the front, um, you know, and profit monthly with him, you know, mm -hmm. so um, I would see if he could get more money down than that, like between 20 and 30%, and then if he can get 20 or 30%, I would have him give you, like, you know, his top, you know, a dozen top choices, per se, and that way you'll get an idea, like, what it is that he's looking for exactly, mm -hmm. and then I would call those ones, but for you to, like, spend money marketing to, to go find the unicorn that doesn't exist because you're going to remember you're manufacturing this deal for him. So it's going to cost you money in marketing. Right. You know, so there's just not going to be any money left over by the time you spend money in marketing if he's only got 20. Right. You know, um, and, now that's not entirely true. Sometimes you do get lucky in this. I mean, I've gotten lucky before where we've um, been able to pull stuff like that off for buyers. Um <laughs> You know, but again, you don't want to set him up for, you know, expectations, especially if he's got a 30-day window, too, you said? Uh, well, he said around 30 to around a month or so. Yeah, the buyer's lists are usually good for 90 days. Um, okay. You know, so what I would do is see if there's any – have him give you a if – he, if he's looking, he's probably looking a lot harder than you are for him to solve his own problem, but he probably doesn't right. know what you know. So what I would do is have him give you his list with the phone numbers, then you should call and read the script. Because I know he's you – know, when, uh, when I talked to him earlier, he said that uh, he was looking right around 125 to 150, and then, and then he said something about he would 
be willing to go a little bit higher than if he could, uh, you know, find something for it. So, and I, I just kept thinking with twenty thousand dollars for a one twenty one twenty five uh, price is actually pretty decent. So, yeah, that is decent. Yeah, for sure. Um, how what's what's the population of your your um, city? Uh, I want to say I want to say six hundred thousand. So you guys are twice the size of what we are. Um, yeah. I can tell you there's one out there that you can do with him, you know. But the question is, how much is it going to cost to find it? Right. Right. You know. It's a pay-to-play business. I mean, somebody's got a market to, to find him that house. Otherwise, it's, right. or it's going to be a FISBO or listed on the MLS. But since you don't buy listed properties, technically, somebody's going right. to have to market. Like, these sellers don't have a flag they wave in the air saying, Steve, can you come in here and buy my house with nothing down, please? Can you put my house into a trust, wrap my mortgage around? You know what I mean? Oh darn! Like we, 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 yeah, I know, right? So you're you're just gonna be the good shepherd that like that, that like leads them to do these things, and that's where your salesman and your people skills will come in to change their life to help this other person. Right. So, you know, and that and that's the art of this business. Those who make it know how to do, know how to handle people. They know how to talk to people. They know how to sell. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a and those that don't want learn take the time to master the phone, to learn the scripts, mm-hmm. uh, be willing to put the time in. You know, they wonder why they don't do deals. And you know, mm-hmm. there's no difference between my city, your city, um, you know, or Jay Connors living in thirty, forty thousand people and do, making the kind of money he makes. You know, right. Put that person in any other city, they're going to be a millionaire again. Yeah. So, is there anything that you would say to a seller that uh, you know to to let to find out if they have any interest in doing terms? Because you know, like I said, I got. Can I tell the the seller, hey, look, I've got a a buyer that I'm working with that has that wants to to buy in the area, and um, I want to see if the, you'd be willing to sell the terms or, or anything like that. Well, when you when you say you already have a buyer to a seller, it kind of gives you permission, your, your uh, position up as a middleman. Mm-hmm. So, like, what I always do, it's, it's not a bad place to be, but you have nothing in writing really to protect you either way. So mm-hmm. they don't really know who the buyer is anyways. But, like, what I would do is I always just open up with the same line. You know, hey, that seems like a really nice house. You know, why would you ever want to sell it? Let them talk. Mm-hmm. Right? You're gonna, their answer is going to be based upon you know, um, what you're looking for. So the biggest mistake a salesman makes is making an offer to somebody they shouldn't be making an offer to, right? Mm-hmm. So like what we're looking for is over-leveraged or free and clear. Those are the top two. Like 85% LP, LTV, like they only have a 15% margin, or it's free and clear. Like everybody else in between, you're, you're not saying it's impossible. You could always do a wraparound mortgage, but it's, it's the probability is just not as high as if it's free or clear or, or pretty much over leveraged. You know, so they say the reason why they're selling is they owe this and they can't sell it because of real estate commissions. There's one. They say the reason they're selling is, um, you know, on the other spectrum that their house is free and clear, you know, and, but they usually come out and tell you because they're proud of it, you know. 
Um, and then my, right. my re- reaction is the same thing. Oh, great, that's awesome. You're going to net more selling to us than any other way that you're going to sell. You know, then I right. get in, then go right into the million dollar script. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. Well, sounds good to me. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, I think we're down to 25 left on the call. There was like 50 when we started. And I think I was supposed to wrap this up at 8, but I know we had some technical issues there, so I ran over about 15 minutes. Does anybody else have any more questions? Yeah, Steve, Kevin in Houston, how are you? Kevin in Houston, all right, you're going to be the last one. Excellent. Kevin in Houston, Um, what's happening, my man? (laughs) I think I have a good idea how private money works, but where do you actually get it from? Where do you find the people that will give you the money? Um, I've got, uh, I could do a pro forma presentation to them, but where do I find the people to give the pro forma to? So do you have, um, um, write this down, givemeprivatemoney.com? Never tried so it. Like, okay. Well, it's not trying it. It's, 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 a, it's a database, right? So like um, it's, it's, it's more, it's using it. So like it's, it'll have um, statistics on there of uh, people that took back mortgages that weren't the seller, individuals. So it's going to identify you know, um, private lenders. And so what you want to do is, you know, get a relationship, you know, with them by sending like an open-ended letter to them that just says, you know, hey, I'm a local investor in the area and I'd love to sit down and talk about some deals that I have coming across my desk um, and just see if we could exchange some information and benefit from each other. Something like that. You, okay. you have to write it, but you, you can't solicit the money, right? Now, the other areas you're going to find a lot of it are um, like IRA, self-directed IRA groups, um, local RIAs, um, Aunt Granny driving away in the 10-year-old Cadillac from church. That's another really okay. good one. Um, it's relationship-based. So the million-dollar question that you use when you're going to approach somebody about that, it's just, do you have any investment capital or IRA capital that is not generating you a high return safely and securely? Okay. That's what you want to ask them. And, of course, they're going to say yes. Then you have to have your elevator speech. And um, the best elevator speech I ever heard was Jay Connors, for sure. Jay Connor's elevator speech for private money is, is I've used it and used it over and over again. Um, local RIAs, there's people doing this all around your area. There's, you know, billions and trillions of dollars in IRAs um, that can be self-directed. That is true. Um, so if you start asking that question to somebody, what they're going to tell you is, bring me a deal. You know, the okay. ones that are lending just want you to bring them a deal. And so if the ones that are lending are going to be on givemeprivatemoney.com, but you're going to have to sort it. You're going to have to go through it and sort it in your area and figure out which ones lent on the property that were not a seller. Because if the seller lent, that doesn't mean they're a private lender. All they did was take back money. Okay. Um, there's other Sounds websites Thank that you, you can pull, pull this stuff on too. You're welcome. So, Awesome. Well, cool. Um, Well, happy 2020, everybody. 
year at Perfect Vision. Um, if you guys haven't done so already, the Great American Real Estate Summit is out in Vegas. It's going to be the best one ever, like literally. Uh, I saw it was going to be going to that. And it's just it's jam-packed, jam-packed with people. Um, there's going to be a whole bunch of new people that are out there, too, for the year. Um, Francis Ablola, Tim Brotz, um, Lake Lee Kearney, um, Rafael Vargas. And there's going to be a lot of people coming back that are Change Your Life, too, like the Wolf Couple, Jay Connor, um, you know, Lance Edwards. So if you're not gonna, if you haven't got your ticket yet, like don't wait. It's gonna be awesome. Um, I can't wait to get out there again. Actually, uh, I think Lou Brown's going. So it'll probably be a good thousand people. That's the Great American Real Estate Summit. Uh, Marshall Silver will be there too. And that's in Las Vegas in uh, March. I want to say. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for a good call. Hope hope I delivered as much value as I could, and that you all got something from it. Yes, thank you, thank you very much, Dave. You're welcome. Thank hey, you to your success. 2020 is going to rock, guys. Don't make don't make a lot of money. Uh, you guys all take care. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you. See ya. Bye.